How, how did it all start? It definitely started with just like that, that selfish desire to see the world through different eyes. How do you decide on those kind of topics and those stories to explore and kind of what criteria do you use to determine their significance? I don't think you can start necessarily with an issue. I think you have to start with a character. Do you think traditional journalism anyway is, is dying a death? How is that relationship with the media? How do you walk that fine line of putting your stuff out there as objective and true storytelling way that you want to? You can't be hindered by what people think. What was that reception for, for this film, Torn, back in 2021? That project was about my own life, about processing my own trauma and grief around the loss of a parent when I was a kid. When my father was killed, it became this thing that didn't really feel like it belonged to me anymore. It was tough. Is there a specific way that you deal with that? I thought that going through this process would be positive in the sense that we would all get to you know, shed light on some of these things that we had kept in the dark for a long time. And was it? Welcome to another episode of The Mood Podcast. And on this one, I jumped online to have a chat with photographer, filmmaker, and journalist, Max Lowe. Max has done many things in the visual arts arena, so it was hard to know truly where to begin. I was interested mostly in his documentary filmmaking, so we took a deeper exploration into his storytelling expertise and the processes and philosophies behind it. Max is known for his ability to capture deep human stories on some of the most exposed edges of the world, and has witnessed a wide range of human experiences, from mountains of Montana to countries and landscapes around the world. Having worked with many of the biggest global brands our industry has to offer, throughout his career, he has told stories of his own and the people he met along the way. Many of his documentary films have won numerous awards and have been screened at prestigious festivals such as Cannes and Tribeca. His most recent work with films such as Torn and Camp Courage show a level of emotion and empathy that justifies many of his accolades. So now I bring you Max Lowe. Max Lowe, welcome to the Mood Podcast. Yeah, thanks so much for having me, Matt. Yeah, it's a pleasure. And um, I know we've been going back and forth for a while, so uh, th thanks so much for, for joining me. It means a lot. Um, can you can we start just by giving a little bit of an introduction about yourself, but mainly exactly what you do, um, without kind of trying to pigeonhole you too much, and uh, and why you do it? Yeah, um, the what I do question. I think uh, it's a pretty broad answer for me. I mean, nowadays I would say that uh, majority of my time and focus is uh, film director, um, but that title is. Uh, just the, the peak of a very large umbrella. Um, I am a producer. I film a lot of my own work. Uh, I still do a lot of photography work um, as parts of the projects that I'm working on, these larger film projects. And outside of that, um, I do speaking work. I mean, I, I would say that I'm more of a general storyteller than anything else because that's really the... Uh, the term that's really defined my career over the years, kind of doing a little bit of everything from writing, photography, filmmaking, all the lot. Uh, how did it all start? Uh, I know um, National Geographic played a, a large role in that. Can you give us a kind of elaboration as to 
to how your journey in this space started? Yeah, I um, I grew up traveling a lot with my my family, my parents. Um, you know, kind of prioritized uh, the experience of travel and getting out into the world and you know adventure from a young age we were out camping with our family get carried out into the wilds of montana and beyond on our parents backs and uh, they both took something that they were passionate about and turned it into a career for themselves my mom was an artist and uh, my father was uh, a mountaineer a uh, professional mountaineer and um so I think when it came time for me to kind of like look for something that I wanted to do with my life, um, it wasn't really a question whether or not I wanted to find something that like wasn't just a job uh, to take up most of my time. And um, photography was something I found in high school and started doing. Uh, and journalism, I was in the high school newspaper and. Um, I just became enamored with the idea of, you know, stepping out of your own shoes and into the shoes of other people, uh, through the veil of storytelling, you know, with a camera in hand, you suddenly had access to these experiences and perspectives that you never would have had otherwise. And, um, you know, that really has been the defining, uh, inspiration for me as I continued on to become a a journalist and a filmmaker, director, uh, all the lot, I would say. What is it specifically about that enamor that you, you talk about with stepping into other people's shoes? Why do you think there is that that kind of visceral interest and, and curiosity that, that you have? If you if you can kind of put a finger on it, you know, why, what, where do you think that comes from? I mean, I think at first it was... Um, just kind of the selfish act that probably a lot of people have of like wanting to experience more in life. You know, um, we, we all, you know, spend most of our days in our own heads and, uh, to break up the doldrums of that <laughs> kind of like daily plotting journey that we're all taking through life. Like having new experiences is a way to break, break up the, uh, monotony of like day-to-day -day life and um i found that you know executing that you know search for new experiences um by telling stories like was a way for me to not only do things that i might have been capable of doing you know i grew up here in montana skiing and doing these outdoor adventure uh, pursuits, but you know, I, I went to college and continued to, um, pursue photography and I started working for some small publications and, um, you know, started shooting a little bit of video and that allowed me to, you know, step into concerts. I was like going to shoot these concerts and spending time with musicians and like learning about this like amazing world of like people who were really good at this thing that I you know, had no idea about, and I learned about this whole new sphere of things and, um, you know, went and got to like s sit on the edge of the pipe at the X games as a, as a filmer. And, um, you know, it just like gave you access to these, to these worlds that you would have had to like level up a ton to be able to access 
as someone participating in them uh, other than a filmmaker uh, or a photographer or storyteller. Um, and it's uh, it's a gift. I mean, it, it, I'll be the first to to admit that it's selfish. It's like, it's the most beautiful thing to be able to see the world through other people's eyes and through experiences beyond your own. And um, you know, it, it, it has become something that for me is now much more about sharing that perspective with other people, uh, opening up these, uh, you know, siloed stories um, that might otherwise be hard to interpret for a broader audience through the perspective of someone, uh, through their human story, through their like journey that might be understa understated and understandable by, uh, by anyone. Um, and you know, that has, uh, become an entirely different level of like appreciation for storytelling for me, but, um, it definitely started with just like that, that selfish desire to see the world through different eyes sounds like almost initially uh, like a quest to to become a better human almost or you know i'd say that may be a byproduct i mean i i share that perspective with you for sure and just uh, almost falls under the veil of education right? educating yourself on other forms of life yeah and 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 having the artistic skill and and the gift like you put it to to be part of that and to be able to document it is extremely powerful. But how, you know, and I'm thinking more to your recent work now because, you know, I've seen a lot of your work. I can't say I've seen all of it. I don't have access to Disney Plus. I really wanted to see Torn, which I, I didn't know about until I kind of started looking into you, which, which I, you know, if you're comfortable with, we'll, we'll, we'll touch, uh, touch upon later because it seems to be a very powerful and, and moving film. Um, but how do you go about, you know, d documentary style f filmmaking, um, such as such as that film and and your latest one, which is fantastic, by the way. Thanks. Um, you know these these documentaries they often, or generally speaking, they they aim to kind of shed light on important social issues or or an important issue that you want to expose, right, or to tell their story of. Mm -hmm. How do you decide on? on those kind of topics and those stories to explore and kind of what criteria do you use to determine their significance, I guess? Um, I mean, <clears throat> I don't think you can start necessarily with an issue. I think you have to start with a character uh, because telling a human story is how you're going to be able to let people in um, and see something like climate change or the healthcare system or the complexity of being an adventure athlete, you know, uh, you're not going to be able to just talk about that thing and like allow people to understand it in a human sense without the right character. That's going to let you into their personal journey through that thing that they are entrenched in. Um, and that is really at the root of how I look for stories these days. Um, you know, I, I think you kind of shape your path through the world by the things that you think are important. You know, I care about the environment. I care about 
apps, you know, the social currency of my home here in Montana, you know, I care about um, the ecology of wild places around me. Um, you know, I, I care about how we as a society think about trauma and process trauma. Uh, you know, there's these broader issues that garner my attention and within those kind of realms, I am looking for stories and looking for people to tell those stories with. But, um, when it comes down to it, you know, you have to have the right partners in your subjects and the characters you choose to weave into your stories that are willing to let you, uh, into that perspective that they'll, they'll be sharing with your audience. Yeah. I think most people I speak to who are storytellers, much like yourself, they, they say the same thing, you know, the first thing they want to find is, is the character, the central part of that story. Cause without that, it's difficult to connect to the audience, right? It's difficult mm -hmm. to, for, for an individual because we were watching this as individuals to connect with that topic, unless it's, you know, human to human almost. I found that really powerful in, in, um, Camp Courage. Can you, can you tell us a little bit more about that film? And, and I was, I was curious as to how, where those characters, um, came from, where you found them. Did you go out and it was that, it was that a pro big production kind of goals to go out and find uh, the individuals who can tell that story or was it just by happenstance that you, you came across them? No, it was, uh, it was definitely most of my chance, I would say, um, like most documentary, uh, subjects out <laughs> in my experience. Um, I had come out of, uh, kind of the release of torn out of my first feature documentary film. And, um, you know, that project was about my own life, about processing my own trauma and grief around the loss of a parent when I was a kid. And, um, I, I got an email from this organization that had just been founded by, um, a group of, uh, U S expats who had been living in Ukraine and their Ukrainian co co, uh, collaborators, um, as a way to give back to some of these families that that were struggling uh, after the invasion of Ukraine, um, the Russian invasion of Ukraine. And they wanted me to come and share my story with these families um, as part of this week-long summer camp that they were going to put on uh, that would not only be you know in Austria, kind of a central place for all these families to come together and spend some time outside, just having kind of a normal summer week together hiking and climbing and swimming in lakes and doing the sorts of stuff you do at summer camp. Uh, but also they wanted to help them talk about this trauma they had all experienced, this war that they had all experienced collectively and the trauma of living as refugees, um, forced from their homes. Um, and they kind of, you know, broke it down to me what they wanted to do with the camp and what they were hoping people would experience there. And I, you know, saw pretty immediately the potential, uh, for this to be a really powerful experience for some of these families attending Ukrainian families. And 
through the organization, the organization of the camp, um, you know, I was able to meet Olka and Milana. Um, they were one of the families that was attending and, um, set up a meeting with them, uh, to see if they would be willing to share their story and participate in this project. Um, you know, I talked to them about their experience. Um, you know, they had lost, uh, Milana's mother in 2015, um, back when she was about five or six and, um, uh, there had been this kind of like media frenzy around her death because at that point, you know, there weren't that many civilian deaths, uh, around the conflict between Russia and Ukraine. And, you know, the, the media had kind of taken the story and run with it and turned it into propaganda. And it had been this pretty negative experience for them, uh, which, you know, I directly related to because when my father was killed, you know, that was kind of a similar thing. It became this thing that didn't really feel like it belonged to me anymore. It wasn't my story anymore. It wasn't the story of my dad. It was the story about this man who, you know, all these other people were rendering their own ideas and thoughts uh, on. And you know, when I was thinking about what Camp Courage might become, you know, it, was really rooted in my own personal experience about, um, having lost a parent and walked the roads processing my own trauma and, um, thinking about how, you know, telling your story and making a film out of your life can be a difficult, but also a positive experience and how I would hopefully help them walk that same, same path that I had. And how have they received it since i mean it, it, it's certainly a positive um very moving um certainly a tear in my eye you know just 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 because of the greater significance of you know the the microcosm that you're showing that story through right you, you know, as a viewer you understand the the, the politics the, the the geopolitics the 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 trauma for a nation as well as individuals within that nation mm -hmm. and to tell that story of one family, you know, it's, you kind of piece all those things together. How did the, how did they receive it? I mean, I, I, I'm sure they were, were left, um, you know, I guess, I guess with some form of therapy, you know, how do you get them to open up? How do you kind of feel that they, um, experienced that, that process of, of being part of a film? Um, well, we had a very small crew. It was myself, um, my field producer and AD, who was also my translator. And then, uh, my DP who was shooting, helping me do sound as well. So it was just the three of us and we stepped into their lives, uh, in Bratislava where they're still living as refugees. Um, and pretty immediately just kind of started spending every day with them and established a decorum of trust between all of us and um, this understanding that we were just going to be there with them through this experience. You know, this wasn't us looking in on their lives. It was us being there with them as they stepped uh, out of their own comfort zone and into this experience of going to this camp with all these other families and talking about these difficult things and, um, 
you know, doing these, these physical things that were new to them and scary, certainly to them in some ways. Um, and you know, it, uh, that's, that's really when you can find the, the vulnerability and beauty in people's experience to really tell an intimate story of like a, a human arc, uh, human journey is when you're able to like gain that ultimate trust between you and the people you're telling stories with. Um, and you know, it, it uh, as you see in the film, it was a hard week for Milana in some ways, but, mm. um, for him, or for her as well as Olga, um, you know, they both shifted their perspective on what they were capable of and, um, you know, started thinking about their relationship to one another in a different way and, um, uh, gained this perspective of these other families that were walking a similar path. And, uh, I think, you know, they, they both came out of that experience very appreciative, but, um, the the most beautiful part for me of the whole thing was when we were able to share the film with them for the first time which was actually this last summer um i was able to go back to the camp with my fiance and uh volunteer for the week with a whole new group of families all who had lost a parent um during the during the war at one point or another and um screen the film for the first time with olga and milana and allow them to share their story with all these families and, um, you know, be the ones who are standing up and showing the courage to do so, so that others might follow their lead. Huge amount of huge amount of courage. What, what, so for those that haven't seen it, first of all, I encourage highly to go and see it. It's on Netflix. Um, just a bit of story context. Um, Milana is a child who, like I said, lost her parent, um, and lost part of her leg. So she has these physical, you know, um, fears and, and well, p perceived inabilities, I guess, which came through in the film, which she kind of got over in the end. But the relationship with her grandmother, who's now, you know, basically her parent, was absolutely fascinating. And, that, you know, the, on one side, you, you must identify with Milana a little bit, having, you know, almost similar traumas at similar ages. Um, but the, the trust for, for, from Milana for you to be able to get so up close and personal, because she seemed to still at that age, just finding it all so difficult. Right? She seemed to just kind of not really know how to, to overcome the relationship with her grandmother, how to kind of see that and how to, how to love almost and without yeah. her replacing her mom, but also on the physical side of it. And, and then now in front of other children, her age and with cameras on there, I, I found it absolutely fascinating that it, she was, her connection with you was clear, right? The trust that she had for you and with you to be able to have that camera pretty much in her face all the time was, was amazing. And that's why I, in my opinion, it's, it's quite so exposing and so moving how you know i talk about this certainly in photography i, I you know i know nothing about filmmaking uh, you know but the concept is similar in, in certainly with portrait photography where in order to get that end product that i was just describing get that 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 real 
kind of deep and meaningful and visceral story, you have to have that trust. You you can't yeah. just go in and just start pointing a camera, right? Talk to us a little bit about that kind of pre-production process. How long do you spend with them and how much of an intention is there behind just getting to know them in order that that, that there is that real and truthful um, level of trust? Yeah, I mean, I, I think that um, for me, that is an important component of any relationship that I am establishing to tell a story, whether it's something like Camp Courage, where, you know, it's this very sensitive, difficult subject matter. You know, you're going to have to really be in the journey with, with the people that you're walking that path with, because, you know, it's going to be really hard for them. And, um, you know, I have always, been one and thinking that you know if you're gonna go and tell someone's story like you owe it to them to make sure that they feel fulfilled by that experience and mm. you know i think that you should walk away from those experiences with a long-lasting friendship with those with those people um because it should be a positive experience for the subjects whether you're making a film or photography. I think that um, there's a beauty in, in sharing stories with the world. Um, nowadays, when storytelling has become a hyper uh, economic <laughs> driver in our society, uh, you know, there's a lot of gray area in that space. Uh, I think that there's a lot of people who, you know, just want to find stories that are compelling for the sake of selling, yep. selling those stories. And, um, you know, that's certainly something you have to think about because, uh, to get an audience, you have to make something that's compelling enough to, to sell to someone who's going to be able to get it out into the world. Cause that's certainly not my forte <laughs> of expertise. Um, you know, and, uh, it's just kind of like part of the whole equation, but I think that like in the case of Camp Courage, you know, this was first and foremost for me, something that I felt very personally drawn to. Uh, it was something that, you know, I felt in my heart going into this project would be a positive experience for Milana and Olga if we did it the right way and were patient and humble and listened before anything else. Um, and you know, that's how I approach pretty much all my work, to be honest. I mean, I'm just got off a call with a, um, fifth generation rancher that I'm going to be working on a commercial project with here next week, uh, near my home in Montana. And, you know, I'm going to go and listen to his story. Um, we're going to make, you know, some, social media assets for, for, uh, the Montana beef council, but you know, his story is what's going to make that, that content that we end up creating compelling and establishing a decorum of trust and an understanding in him that, you know, I'm there to respect him first and foremost and respect his story and the story of his family and the story of what they're trying to purvey in the world. And. You know, I think that that really guides 
all my work, no matter the story or the subject matter. Hi, everyone. Before I let you continue with the podcast, just indulge me for a few minutes. I want to briefly talk to you about my new brand, Yore. Founded with my business partner and photographic artist, Finn Matson, we are proud to bring you a new artisanal jewelry and specialty coffee brand. Yep, what on earth do they have to do with anything? Well, they're both our passions and they've always been another artistic outlet for me now for over a decade. For those that know me, coffee and jewelry have been my other obsession since I was young and I am a qualified SCA coffee specialist. So when I met Finn, some of you might have listened to my podcast with him when we barely knew each other. Our love for art and jewelry had a home, and that home is Yore. Yore is about the art of intent for everything that we do. Our intention with the label was to add a touch of celestial elegance and artistic expression to our visual narratives. Every piece is a statement, a reflection of your unique story and purpose. It's not just jewelry, it's a wearable piece of art that speaks volumes. Picture this. Silver or gold adorned with an actual piece of lunar meteorite, making every piece as unique as the moments we usually capture through our lenses. From limited edition lunar jewelry pieces to finely crafted 925 sterling silver and gold rings, pendants and chains, there's something for all of you in each of our unique designs. We're also committed to the environment as much as possible. Our coffee in our barley showroom is direct trade, organically produced and locally farmed, minimizing impact on the environment as much as possible. Our packaging is all sustainable and our jewelry recycled, other than the moon rock, of course. Proudly eco-friendly in both packaging and jewelry production, you can feel good about looking good. And to top it off, we offer worldwide shipping, ensuring that a piece of lunar beauty can grace your collection no matter where life takes you. And if you ever find yourself in Bali, please come and visit our House of Yore. Our cafe and community-driven art house is a haven for creatives just like you. And before we head back into the podcast, please just take a moment to explore Yore's collection. As a special treat for you, my wonderful audience, Yore is offering an exclusive discount. So head over to our website and use the code in the description for a 10% discount off your jewelry purchase. The link and details are all in the description. So thanks so much for listening and I'll let you get back to the podcast now. Yeah, it's, it's interesting, this paradox of telling story. In order to tell a good story, you have to be a good listener, right? So there's this, this real underlying virtue of, of listening to someone's story in order to really connect, empathize, and then worry in a good way, right? I feel like um, Torn was maybe one of those films that was a bit of both. It felt like it was as much your story as, you know, the story of your family who, who feature obviously in, and the, the, the passing of your father. How, how did you reconcile that? Because it, although I haven't watched it, I've, I've read about it. I've, I've seen the trailer and I can, I can kind of see the, the, the really powerful aspects of that story. Tell us a little bit more about Torn, um, the, the, the successes of it, obviously, but more about the, the production side of it. It must have been a extremely difficult for you 
But was there also a kind of therapeutic aspect to kind of putting that story together, maybe finding out information you didn't know, having that those conversations with some conversations with family members that maybe you hadn't had before? Was there a part of that that, you know, you look back on now a few years later and think, I, you know, this was just a net positive for not only me, but for, for my family and for, you know, my, my, I guess my skill set and my, you know, the portfolio side of the business side of filmmaking. Yeah. I mean, um, I was certainly, a, a therapeutic journey for me. And that was kind of the very first impetus for my starting to think about the project as a whole, you know, it was going to be a way for me to explore this event that shaped my life in a, in a remarkably large way that I had never really explored before. And, you know, that's what storytelling is. It's a way to explore experiences that we have had in life or that, you know, we're going to have in life. Um, you know, rendering something in front of a lens is a way to go deeper into how we experience the world around us. And, um, you know, in telling this story of my family and my father who passed away when I was just a young kid and, you know, this immense trauma that, you know, we all shared a part in, but all had our unique experiences with, um, you know, I knew it was going to be really difficult, um, for myself as well as my family, uh, it was a path that I wanted to walk and I asked them to walk with me. You know, they agreed to do it, not because they wanted to, I don't think, but because I asked them and they loved me and they saw that it was something that I needed to do for myself. And, you know, I went into it, you know, with that selfish impetus of feeling like this was going to be a way that I could understand this whole thing in a in a sense that I wouldn't have otherwise. Um, but I also thought that it would hopefully be a positive experience for my family as well. You know, there was a lot of things surrounding Alex's death and in our family that, um, we had just never discussed before because mm. it, it was difficult stuff that, yeah. you know, just sit down on a random Tuesday afternoon and discuss with, the people you love and hold closest because um those are the people that make up your foundation in the world you know we we go out and we put ourselves out into the world and your family are the ones that you know if you have a good relationship with them and whether that's your biological family or your chosen family like the people you hold closest are the people that you come back to when you're hurt and when you need to like feel secure in the world and to compromise that foundation is a, a, a difficult choice to make. But, um, you know, oftentimes that's where things that are at the root of, um, major traits within each of us or ways that we interact with the world around us. Uh, that's where those things are rooted in our relationship with the people that are closest with us that you know those relationships that we kind of refuse to explore and so i thought that going through this process would be positive in the sense that we would all get to you know shed light on 
some of these things that we had kept in the dark for a long time. And was it? Yeah, I think so. I mean, um, I think each of my family members would probably have different answers. Um, but, uh, yeah, I can't speak for them to be honest, <laughs> but for me, I, I think it definitely was a positive experience. Um, you know, I got to sit down and get a picture of my mom and my stepdad, Conrad, that, um, you know, if I hadn't, I've sat down, sat them down for a three hour, four hour interview, you know, you just like, don't have an opportunity to like bend someone's patience to your will and in, in that way, otherwise. Mm. Mm. Um, and similar, similarly to my brothers, you know, like my brothers are my best friends. Um, and we all have a different perspective on our relationship to Alex, our father, um, because we all got to be with him for a different amounts of time you know i was with him up until um i was 10 years old so i got to know him fairly well but my youngest brother isaac was two when he was killed so he doesn't really have any memories at all of him so um you know exploring how each of us has held that relationship to this man who defined all of our lives because he was larger than life and remained even in death a major part of our lives um that was you know, eye-opening as well. So, yeah, it was uh, it was tough because I mm. I uh, I was the subject right there alongside my family, exposing myself as much as I was them, um, because that was the only fair and equitable way to do it. If I was going to ask them to step up, I had to as well. But I was also yeah. the one who was driving this whole thing, and uh, yeah asking everyone to step into the spotlight. Yeah, you had to be part of the whole thing in every little way. Can you tell us a little bit more about, um, you know, obviously we're going to encourage people to go and watch it and, you know, gonna, I'm going to definitely go and watch it myself once I get access to Disney Plus, but... Or Hulu. Um, <laughs> or Hulu. Yeah, yeah. They're, they're kind of, the, are they the same company, Yeah, they're kind, they... kind of the same thing these days, I yeah. think. Okay. Can you tell us a little bit more about, you know, you touched upon and you, you described it as an event, right? The event, um, obviously of your, your father's passing. He, he was a mountaineer and can you tell us a little bit more about him, but also about, um, the events surrounding his death and, uh, kind of not necessarily what happened and we'll dig too deep into the details, but just kind of give us an overview of how, you know, the premise of the film essentially and how, how that kind of transpired. Yeah. Um, so Alex was at the apex of his career in the late nineties. My father, Alex, uh, claimed by many to be the, one of the best high altitude Alpine mountaineers of his generation, um, and had kind of been on a roll, uh, in the years leading up to the fall of 1999 doing all these major expeditions and things that had never been done before with remarkable teams of some of the best adventurers and explorers of our time. Um, and in the fall of 1999, they set out to go and climb and ski, um, it's like the fifth or seventh highest mountain in the world, uh, Shishapangma. It's in 
the Shit. Tibetan Himalaya. Um, and uh, part of his expedition was my now stepdad, Conrad Aker, who was his then best friend and climbing partner. Um, and uh, on that expedition, they were in an avalanche, uh, Conrad and Alex and another one of their uh, teammates, David. And uh, Alex and David were killed and Conrad survived. And Conrad would eventually come back to the U.S. and back into our lives and step in where Alex had left uh, in death. And um, I think through probably a largely guilt around the fact that Alex wouldn't be there to raise me and my brothers and be there for my mom, you know, he... Uh, stepped in, became close with my mom through this shared trauma of losing someone so close to them and eventually married my mom and adopted me and my brothers. Um, and that was the story we lived in for most of my life up until 2016 when Alex's remains were um, discovered, melted out of the glacier he was buried in, in Tibet. And uh, our whole family made the trip back to Tibet, um, the same trip Alex and Conrad had made wow. seven, 17 years prior to recover his remains and put him to rest. Wow. Well, interesting. And, um, you know, I'm, I'm sorry for your loss, but I, I, you know, I'm, I'm also absolutely curious now even more to, to watch this film. How, how was this film? received uh, you know i you know i i've i've seen the, the feedback which i perceive is generally very very positive and how is that relationship with the media in terms of you know how do you walk that fine line of putting your stuff out there but in a in a you know as objective and true storytelling way that you want to and then receiving whatever comes from it, right? Is that something you always think about or care about? Um, and specifically, how how did you know what was that reception for for this film torn back in twenty twenty one? Yeah, um, I mean, it's not really something that I think about before the fact of the matter, to be honest. And I don't think that you should really, as you're creating something, I don't think you should think about what other people are going to think about it. You know, you should follow your gut and, uh, you know, you know what is going to be a potent beat within the story. And as you're shaping something, you should just exist within that thing and stay as close to it as you possibly can. But, um, yeah, I mean, you know, more, we'll, more once, once it's out there, how, you know, do yeah. you really care about it? I mean, yeah, as a creative person like definitely i feel rejection i feel bad reviews um you know when someone says that something that i've done isn't good or um in some capacity you know you definitely take that on the nose to a certain extent but um it's just kind of part of the deal and mm. you have to keep reminding yourself that um, you know, 
that's just art. You create it, you put it out in the world, and then it suddenly becomes not only just yours anymore. Yeah. It becomes uh, something that's owned by everyone who participates in it, um, whatever capacity that is. And, you know, you can't be hindered by what people think or what awards you might get or not get, or what reviews you might get or not get. Um, I got uh, to chat a little bit back and forth with uh, Werner Herzog, who saw Torin when it came out and um, reached out to me uh, when he saw the film and um, how we did a, an awards campaign and we're going for the Academy Award and didn't end up getting shortlisted, but you know, he, you know, said something that has really stuck with me. You know, he's like one of the most prolific documentary filmmakers in the history of documentary filmmaking. And he's never been nominated for an Academy Award. He's made like 80 documentaries in his life. And yeah, you know, he, he reminded me that, you know, it's not what it's about. It's about a, your experience as the creative, uh, and B it's about the people that you touch by the things that you create and share with the world. So, um, it's hard to always <laughs> have that, uh, when you send something out for judgment. Um, but, uh, it's, it's always something that I try and come back around to. Yeah. I love that. And I, I talk about that a lot as well with, with students and just other, other, you know, budding photographers or, or artists, if you don't enjoy the process and you know, whether this, we're going to kind of morph now into social media, but this kind of encapsulates the issue with social media is if you don't truly enjoy the process, right. And I'm talking about process is what you explained, the making of it, the producing of it, and the connection you have with the people that you're, you're doing it with or doing it for. If you don't truly believe in that and enjoy it and are passionate about it, then first of all, there's no point doing it. But B, all you're going to be doing is living. You're probably then not going to create anything that's of quality and or of meaning. Mm -hmm. And lastly, all you're going to do is is be disappointed because everything in life, but especially like you said with art, 100% of the people out there are not going to like it, right? I rephrase that. Not 100% of people are going to like it. You know, it's just mm -hmm. impossible. Um, you could have 1% that don't like it or 99% that don't like it. Either way, there are going to be people that don't like it. So as soon as you can reconcile that in your own mind and accept it and and just focus on the process, right? Because that's what you enjoy doing. Then the rest will take care of itself. And I always think you can really tell those projects that the artist is so passionate about because it just comes through always in the final final outcome you can mm -hmm. you can see it through through everything that it exudes and so then really if you just focus everything on the, on the process and 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 doing the thing that you love to do then the rest will take care of itself but i'm more interested in like your relationship with media generally because you know we live in an age and 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 now i'm thinking more specifically something like Camp Courage, where there is this umbrella of of a topical, you know, hugely divisive, depending on what country you come from, what background, what culture, what political side. It's 
it's a it's a topic that is you know it's war essentially that 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 that, that, that Europe Ukraine Russia and everyone is starting to get dragged into. Mm. Um, these things are obviously get warped and get get uh, get adjusted and for clickbait for you know capturing the the population in in different ways and i know that's not really to do with what you do but it must affect you know if you put something out there you you must get some feedback or the media will will take it and run with it and spin their narrative on it how is how how you know how do you kind of deal with that i mean you've you've got a lot of experience so i'm sure you kind of it's a little bit easier for you and to not care essentially or process it in your own way, but certainly for people who are just starting out or putting things out there and certainly mm-hmm. on a documentary side of things where it's easy for the media to just go, well, you know, this is not true or, you know, they, they'll question facts of it or they'll, they'll question the objective of the the director or the writer or the producer. How do you deal with that? You know, it's such a maze of, of shit to put it bluntly. Like, I mean, do, yeah. do, do you... Is there a specific way that you deal with that? Do you, um, you know, and if so, can you, sh- can you share it with us? I mean, I think that when it comes down to it and you're faced with people who think your work is shit or think that, you know, like you were mentioning Camp Courage, there was a lot of people who, you know, thought that this was an aggrandizing, like pro-American yeah. propaganda piece about the war you know, taking advantage of these poor people who had experienced this trauma and Netflix using it to win awards. You know, there's people are going to say everything uh, between here and there. And um, when it comes down to it, you just kind of have to like take refuge in the company of the people that you know understand why you were all there and why you all put all the effort you did and the things that you created together. Um, because these films, you know, and films are unique kind of in the creative world. Um, you know, certainly there's photography projects and other creative projects where there's teams involved, but films, usually there's a handful of people that you created them with as well as the subjects, uh, and the people that you brought them to the world beside and, when it comes down to it, like you can take refuge in your pure understanding of why you saw value in this project. And if it was because, you know, it was a commercial project, you know, something that you knew people would watch and might win awards, like own it. Um, because, you know, that's certainly part of this world as well. But uh, for me, it's usually, and that, you know, I, from the very first time I engage with a project, like I believe in the people that, um, a first and foremost are telling their story with me as the subjects be the people who come on and commit their time and effort to helping tell these stories with me, whether that's my DP or my producer, or, you know, these people that you walk these experiences of production with 
Um, and then all the other people along, along the way that kind of become entwined with it from your editor to your, you know, my composer became a really close friend and you know, these people see value in these things and see value in putting their effort into these things that they believe in. Um, and those are always going to be your biggest allies when it comes to like reminding yourself the value and the work that you do. Is there an element of fact checking behind you know how 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 and if so how much of an element is making sure that your the information that you're getting from the story and from the subjects is is accurate and correct or are you looking at it in terms of well I, all i want to do is tell a subjective story and therefore kind of whatever they perceive their story to be i'm going to run with i mean if you're presenting facts like about the world as understood by a large populace of people like you should certainly make sure that you're like presenting the correct facts um that's just responsible journalism and i think that that should be a pillar of storytelling across the board but you know if it's about someone's experience around something uh and what they think about it then you know sky's the limit like mm. yeah i think that we all shouldn't be able to have our opinions about things. Uh, I don't think we should be able to say that they're one way or another, but um, as many people are doing in this day and age, unfortunately, but <laughs> you know, we can think, we can think whatever we want and we can feel whatever we want. That's the beauty of being human. Exactly. And whether we're actually in control of our thoughts or not is a, is a, is a, is a debate or, um, topic in itself which we won't get into now but i think what you know, from from what i'm understanding of of how you're talking about you know the the way to go about any kind of story is just with an intent and honesty and authenticity whatever that might be and and it and it's okay if that intent is not to change the world and to you know be you know this this um you know sacrosanct kind of storytelling that's okay if you mm -hmm. you know you want to make money if you just want to make money out of something and that's that is your pure goal of doing whatever you're doing then okay i could but as long as you're honest and, and authentic with that and you're not trying to have other some other pretense right yeah. and i think that again that comes through in people's work it really does and it certainly does in in yours um we, we talked a little bit about journalism i know that's kind of under your you know in your arena as well and um i feel like you know in order to be a documentary filmmaker uh, or, or to, to have a skill in that you have to have a skill in in journalism almost right do you think you know i i think do you think traditional journalism anyway is is dying a death um and if not why um i mean it's certainly in a decline um but I hope that we always retain some sort of bastion of journalistic integrity, you know, beyond just getting our news of the world from TikTok. Um, <laughs> because when, when we, uh, when we give up our understanding of fact and truth to people's opinions and perspectives on things and you know, that is when we will be totally lost 
Um, and the thing that I really respect about journalism, uh, and filmmaking, I, I think it's a trait that they both you know, documentary filmmaking, the trait that they both kind of embody is the fact that, you know, if you allow people to, you know, share their honest opinion on the world, um, as they walk through an experience, like you will be able to see the truth of it. You know, someone who's spending months and months doing a journalistic piece about something that happened is like getting all these different perspectives of different people around one central thing. Uh, and similar to that in documentary filmmaking, you know, some of the best documentary films out there are exploring the truth of one thing through the perspectives of all these other people. And you as the audience can see how people interpret truth and, you know, find, find the truth of, you know, these experiences and these stories through that, that, uh, lens of total, um, oh God, what's the word, uh, subjectivity basically like mm -hmm. having, having no opinion on what the story is. And when I'm going in to make a film about, you know, the Ukraine, Ukraine war, uh, through the perspective of Olga and Milana who lived through the shelling of Russian dissidents or whatever in Crimea. Um, I wasn't going to make a film about how Russia is bad. You know, I think that the takeaway of adventure, not or of camp courage is that war is bad in general. <laughs> and, um, that it impacts all these different people that you encounter, um, throughout the film in different ways. And it allows you to create your own understanding of that truth, uh, in a way that you wouldn't otherwise understand because you see it through the eyes of these people who experience it in a unique way. Um, so yeah, I, mean, I, I am a major believer in, in journalism and, um, you know, spending the time and the effort and the resources to actually go out and observe the world instead of painting it with your own color. Uh, like a lot of people mm, like, choose to do these yeah. days. And even the mainstream media, uh, that's a really good way of putting it because I feel like even mainstream media now, because of the, the, the development, I say development, the devolution, I guess, of social media, or at least the, the, the pronunciation of, and the, the, the real kind of growth of social media has driven the mainstream media to now kind of chase stories that can drive more outrage and therefore more views and therefore more, you know, more money essentially and more power. Mm -hmm. So I, I think, you know, we really have to define the word journalism sometimes and, you know, what does that actually mean? But the beauty with the, the, these types of stories and these short films and, uh, and the way you're describing kind of how you want a viewer to, to kind of think about war in general or the the greater kind of topic that over kind of oversees the 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 subjective story that you're telling in this case camp courage 
really hit the nail on the head because it's exactly what I thought, you know, I've turned to my office and go, what the fuck are we all doing? Like, I mean, rather than seeing these really kind of like short, outrageous stories, and obviously we see the the destruction on news and we just, we see little clips of, um, you know, whatever, whatever location that we're, we're in and whatever kind of story the news is presenting, we see people suffering because it, it, it drives that outrage machine that, that viewers, are, um, you know, have inbuilt in them, right? Mm-hmm. Where this is so different, this is where, you know, I, I, I wish people were just more, took the time to educate themselves more and took the time to kind of really see these stories and allow these really kind of intimate subjective stories to to then drive their curiosity go okay you know maybe maybe what i'm seeing on the news in less than 60 seconds is not actually what's happening or it's not actually that bad or it's it's even worse than that or whatever um and, and i think that's so important i just i i do worry that now with social media as the driving force of our news essentially on what's going on in the world or what's not going on in the world you know i know yeah. people that have taken themselves off twitter for example like cold turkey and they they you know talk to them and go you know three six months later they go my life hasn't changed like i you know you get so sucked into this echo chamber you get so sucked into just kind of this your phone essentially and you think then that is your whole world you know, you're driven by these these clickbait news stories and then people throwing in their opinions. Can you just think, wow, the world is full of hate. Um, and then yeah. you can kind of withdraw from that and at least seeing films like your own, thank God, you know, there are really wonderful stories that are born out of tragedy and out of trauma and really kind of touching moments and, and touching narratives that we can all learn from. Right. And I think that's, that that is the essence of journalism, right? We want to get information, we want to learn from it, and we hope to try and improve ourselves and the world. So, well, I mean, I think the the root of storytelling as a whole, whether it's journalism or documentary filmmaking or whatever it might be, like the hope is that you're allowing people to understand their place in all this madness a little bit better. Um, so that when it comes to making the decisions that impact the individuals around them, the community around them, the country around them, the world around them, like people will make more informed decisions about how we all yeah. impact the world around us. And yeah. hopefully do that with a little bit more of a responsible, informed and, you know, self, um, With some, with some better understanding of, of self and yep. uh, the place that each of us holds within this larger mosaic of uh, the life that we're so lucky to be able to lead. Absolutely. Well said. Well, I think that's a good place to, to wrap up. You know, I really do wish that there are more people like you in the world. So please, um, keep on doing what you're doing and keep on doing it so fantastically well i wish you the best of luck what 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 is next in the world of max low over the next uh, six to 12 months what, what are we watching out for um well 
We've got a couple of uh, short things that are coming out uh, in the next six to 12 months. Um, but my next large project um, that I'm hoping we'll finish this year is about uh, healthcare, actually. Uh, another story close to home following my um, now fiance uh, into the world of nurses, the work that oh. nurses do. So stepping away from the adventure space and into a world I, uh, another world that I am totally alien to through the, the eyes of someone that I'm very close to. Oh, fantastic. I've just had firsthand experience for, for, for a week of, of nursing. Um, yeah. I wasn't, well, sometimes I felt like I was nursing, but, um, I, I've never been so inspired by a, a group of, of people. I mean, honestly, I, yeah. I am nothing as a human compared to these people. I, I, I just, they're superheroes. They really are. And to coin a cliche, um, that, but they really are it, it's some just incredible people and some, some incredible, um, just, just acts of kindness and compassion and the work, the amount of work they do, what's asked of them that it's just, it blows my mind. So, um, kudos to your fiance and uh, I look forward to seeing what I'm sure will be a, a fascinating documentary yeah thanks so much Max um, it is officially dark where you are now so um, <laughs> I hope you can go and enjoy a nice dinner and thank you thank you once again for taking the time I really appreciate it yeah thank you Matt appreciate it alright take care cheers cheers <laughs>